This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. When Zelensky says to Biden, please, give us a, a no-fly zone, Biden says, wait a minute. If we put NATO planes up there and we have to take on some Russian jets and we go head-to-head, we're going to piss off Putin. What's wrong with listening to, to Zelensky? The whole world's inspired by the guy. You're not going to listen to him? The guy is he's, he's created a miracle. He's created a freaking miracle. Yeah, he has. He's the next Hanukkah. By the way, he's a Jew. That's right. Yes, Linsky, this incredible, incredible leader, is a Jew. And what does he say? He says, just give me a no-fly zone. Help me out here. Give me some more stingers. Give me a little ammunition. Give me some weapons. Do something. They're talking about flying some jets, some MiG-29s, getting them to the Ukraine from Poland. And I, I think it's Stoltenberg, who's the secretary general of NATO, is saying, no, don't do that. We're going to piss off Putin. You don't want to piss off Putin, man. Don't poke that bear. <laughs> yeah, we can just sit back and say, oh, okay, let's see how this cookie crumbles. Trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio. His name is New York Mike, and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. I'm New York Mike, and this is Roll Right Radio. It's been a heck of a week. It's been crazy. Eight days now. Eight days that Russia. Actually, it was Putin just laying a siege on Ukraine. I talked about it the other day. I said Ukraine's a nation of 44 million-plus people, and it's a big nation. It's right on the border of Russia. And it used to be part of the Soviet Union, and Putin wants it back. It's a nation of, like, over 150 million people in Russia with the Soviet Union. Putin has been the president or the prime minister. Whatever they call him, he used to call him the Tsar. That was the original Tsar. I think he thinks he's still the Tsar. And he's been there for 22 years. That's a long time, man. I don't know how long Stalin was there or any of the others, but 22 years, that's a long time. I think things are fixed. Do you think they might be fixed a little bit? I don't understand. The guy's got to be a powerhouse. Because what he's doing in Ukraine, let's straighten this out a little bit. In the first place, this is a very weird podcast. It's actually a redo. That's right. So this week, I'm, I'm on my way to Daytona. Bike week. Yes, sir. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about motorcycles and riding. I mean, I'm excited to be in Daytona. I'm excited to go to Daytona every year. And I think this is like maybe the second or third time in the history of the world that I didn't ride my motorcycle to Daytona. No, I, I decided with everything going on and a lot of other things, I was going to trail on the bike. Then I said, you know, I have this custom prize-winning, award-winning, amazing V-Rod, 03 anniversary V-Rod that I customized, been in magazines, won 
all kinds of bike shows, and I, I got to sell it. I don't ride it. I don't really appreciate the, I just don't, and we don't have any room in the garage. You know, not only it was such a luxury of being able to keep two or three bikes I don't ride. I'm a one-bike guy. That's me. I'm a one-bike guy. And the bike I got is the bike I ride. It's, that's it. And having a second bike or some guys got bunches of them. I, I don't know. I can't. That's just not me. So one car, one bike, that's enough. And so I've been selling it, but it's been hard. I don't have my heart in selling this bike. It's beautiful. It's the most I've owned a lot of great bikes. I've been very fortunate, very lucky like that. And this is the this is it. This is the prize of them all. And I don't ride it. If I'm not gonna ride the bike, I'm not gonna keep the bike. It's not furniture, you know? And the bike should be enjoyed. This bike rides great. Anyway, listen, I'm getting off the track because I don't want to be on the track that I'm on. I don't want to be talking about this Ukrainian thing. It's horrible. The state, the fate of the union address from Joe Biden was horrible. But you got to talk about it. We got to know about it. We got to think about it. We have to have opinions count. My opinion, your opinion. We really need to air this out. We need to figure out what's going on with this country. Where are we going? What are we doing? It's up to us, the people. <laughs> it used to be we, the people. Now it's us, the people. It's important that we have a national dialogue. The national dialogue is now podcasting. That's it. That's what it's come to. There's thousands of us out there. And I'm, you know, pretty fortunate to be pretty much up there. We get these numbers. I got the production company. They're always giving numbers to encourage me to keep on going because it gets discouraging sometimes. And so I left San Diego, what, Tuesday. I was supposed to leave in the morning. By the time I got out, I changed my mind. I was going to take my road king, and I was going to do this, and I was going to take that, and I, was gonna, and I ended up doing what I did. And it took me a whole day. And thanks to John Ray and, and the crew at San Diego, because it was a last-minute thing, I said, hey, let me load this up. I'm going to Daytona. Why not just take this V-Rod to Daytona, put a forced sale sign on it, and uh, see if I get lucky or unlucky, depending on... How you looking? I'm going to miss that bike. And maybe in some ways, I don't know, would I rather sell it locally where I see it once in a while or sell it in Florida or Texas or someplace so, so it doesn't break my heart to see it right? No, I sold my 2010 to this guy, Travis. What a cool dude, man. And I'm glad because I bump into him, bump into him. And start, he rides the bike. He takes it to Sturgis. He rides the bike. Him and his wife are awesome. So, yeah, but maybe I should I'll go. I'll bring it back. Okay. You think that's crazy? Try to figure out what to do in the Ukraine. Try to understand what the stakes are. What are we doing? What are we doing as a world? Forget the, What are we doing as a nation? That's us. But we're part of a world. Let's call this podcast the tangent, because I'm going off on tangents. Yeah, I am. Because I think about going off in the world, and I think about this guy, John Kerry, who's, he thinks the most important thing in the world is climate change. Nothing's more important than climate change. What does he say? He's all concerned about Ukraine. Why? He's concerned, will 
Putin go along with the climate change program, deal, whatever it's called. Remember the accords, some accords. Remember the Kyoto Accords? He's worried that Putin might not go along with the climate change stuff. That's what he's worried about. Yeah. What a freaking moron. How do guys get that? I mean, John Kerry's a piece of shit. That's just a fact. And he got lucky, man, in life. John Hines was a U.S. senator. He died in the, I think he died in a helicopter crash, actually. And he was a Republican. And, you know, you talk about Hines ketchup. Hines 57 kinds. The 58th was a loser. It's called Kerry. So John Kerry married John Hines' widow after he died. And she had nothing but billions of dollars in ketchup. So, so what are we going to do with all this ketchup? I need a guy like John Kerry to figure it out. Why? Are you going to go with John Kerry? Hey, one John's as good as the next John. What's the difference? <laughs> a John's a John. So she goes and marries John Kerry. He gets to be the senator. This whole thing is crazy. This guy was a Vietnam vet who was against the war. He went to Congress and told Congress that I was a baby killer, that I tortured Vietnamese people, that we cut off the... I mean, what this guy did was disgusting, and I never do it. I never do it, and I never would have found out. And John Kerry could have gone through life, just gone right through life, without me ever knowing that he did this horrible stuff. But he, in his absolute stupidity, he decided to run for president. And when he ran for president, the swift boat guys, because he ran for president on his Navy record. Now, here's a guy that goes ahead and condemns everybody that was, uh, he's anti-war, and the, the anti-war guys were anti-us. We were the criminals, the baby killers, the scumbags. That was us. So he's against all that and testifies when he comes back, goes to Congress, and testifies about how nasty and disgusting we are. But when he runs for president, what does he run on? His record in Vietnam. Of course, John Kerry. There you go. So that thing is, yeah, sure. But it also exposed. Because I never knew he did that. How would I know? You know, I didn't know. But that exposed it. There it is. John Kerry going to Congress, talking about me. Yeah, me. Every, I'm, I'm every guy. We're the ordinary guys. He, he of course, was an ossifer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what. It, he was in the Navy, so I don't know what. Their ranks are crazy. <laughs> Commodore, Captain, Admiral, Vice Admiral. I don't know. What happened to, you know, Private Sergeant? I can't even figure out the Air Force and the Army stuff. I got to figure out the Marine Corps and the Navy. Man, I, I got to go back to school, read a book, take a course. I mean, <laughs> And I don't know. But John Kerry, he just laid it all out there when he ran for president. Of course he got beat. Because everybody else in the Navy, the Swift Boat guys came out and just ranted against him. But now he comes out. This is one big globe. It's one world. And he's going all over the world trying to save the globe. And, and of course, the Democrat Party. And whatever they're called, the squad. And I don't know what the names of these groups are. There's so many of them. But right here in the United States, they're willing to give up all 
my privilege, my American privilege, all the great stuff we have here in America, they're willing to give it all up to save the climate in India, in China, in Russia, with China, Russia, and India, and the rest of the world. They're not giving up our privilege. We're not giving up anything over here. We're going to manufacture. We're going to make stuff. We're going to blow smoke up to the sky. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure that we live good. Now, yeah, we'll choke a little bit. We'll cough a little more. But we'll pat John Kerry on the back. If he wants to come here with his private jet and, and talk, we'll clap. And Yeah, that was the guy that goes to Africa at the big speech. And he makes a speech and he starts, I'm coming here to save Africa and all the tribes and everybody. Oop, go on! Oop, go on! He goes, oh, this is great. And he keeps going. He says, and I'm going to bring my modernity to Africa and I'm going to raise the, the level of your living standards. And the, and the crowd goes, oop, go on! Go on! And the guys with him were smiling at him. And he goes, oh, this is great. And he keeps on making this speech. And he's all done, and the crowd's going, oh, go on, go on. And he leaves, and he walks off the stage, and he goes back, and they go back to where they're staying and walking through the jungle. And as he goes, his guide goes, to, oh, 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 be careful. Do not step in the Ungawa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I thought I'd throw that in there because I'm talking about John Kerry going all over the world, selling out us. So. Selling me out. Another one selling me out. Another American going for wrong way. John Kerry. Oh, yeah. Vets selling out all of us Vietnam vets. But he's going around the world saving the world from global climate change. I don't keep up with it, so I'm not sure what they call it. Used to be climate freezing, cold climate, hot climate, warm climate warming. Yeah, I don't know. Now it's quite changing. <laughs> oh, my God. I could say something, but I'm going to get in trouble if I do. So I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, I, I know. I'm not going to say it. But there's John Kerry going all over the globe. And it's a global thing. It's a whole world thing. And he's right. Because if he got China to say, oh, we know, motherfucking nothing in China no more. Everything gonna be given even. We'll make it. They're gonna manufacture everything they can manufacture, and take it all from America and use their slave labor. Okay, cheap labor. I'll be nice. I shouldn't say slave labor. That's really deprecating the Chinese. We don't want to be too nasty. Okay, so cheap labor, not slave labor. I cannot tell a lie. It's you know, it's still February, kind of right. No, not anymore. Yeah, February's President's Month. George Washington, Abraham, cannot tell a lie. We're in March. Okay, so I can. So here we are, and he's globetrotting John Kerry, and he's going to save the world. And he's now, my God, what happened? Putin decided to invade and decimate, take over, and just destroy the Ukraine. And John Kerry, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He was just making headway. He's just starting to get things going. And Putin, he just knows Putin is not going to go along with this program. Oh my God, I can't believe it. John Kerry, everything happens for a reason. He gets into the Senate. 
John Hines dies. He marries his wife. He gets all that money. He runs for president. He gets the whole thing. And of course, Biden gets in there and he becomes the head of the climate change, whatever, ritual. <laughs> He's a climate changer. Yeah, that's him. And the, everything goes right. And then, oh my God, just when he's about to get over the finish line, here comes Putin. Oh my God, I can't even believe it. My dilemma is because I, I feel for the guy, man. I'm an empathetic dude. I feel for the guy because I'm looking at this and I'm seeing what's going on in the Ukraine. And there's, there's Joe Biden. Now, We've been screaming to Joe Biden, hey, come on, send them arms, send them weapons, send them ammunition. You got to do something. When he was the vice president and they needed stuff, because then back in 2014, the Russians were going into Crimea, <laughs> Crimea River, and, and they were going in there. And so him and Obama, who at that time was the president and his boss, sent them blankets and MREs. Yeah, if your country's being attacked, what more do you want? Blame me, it's cold there. You see the pictures, you watch television. It's freaking freezing over there. Snowing and everything over there. Blankets and MREs, MREs. Meals ready to eat, you uninitiated out there that didn't know that. That's right, we used to call them sea rations. Now, I don't know why they were called sea I never knew why. Never asked, never cared. Sea rations, that was it. That's what we ate, if you want to call it that. So they did that, right. Now, that was when he was a junior guy. He was only the VP. He didn't know any better. So now it's out. We need Stinger missiles. We need anti-tank stuff, anti-helicopter and planes. We need weapons. What does Biden do? He holds off. He postpones. No, no, no. We argue. We tell what should we send them. I mean, I don't know what he did. But he, he certainly didn't send them what they asked for. Not, certainly not the quantities they asked for. He waited. And then, of course, he was going to sanction Russia so that Putin wouldn't do it. So he sanctioned them. No, he said he was going to. He said, if you go in there, if you invade, well, you can invade a little bit. Yeah, I know. I was going to say something, but I better not. So that's okay. Just don't go in all the way, okay? <laughs> if you do, we're going to stop Nord Stream 2. Now, Nord Stream 2 is the pipeline that sends gas, you know, gasoline, oil and gas, from Russia to Europe, actually, to Germany. And, of course, when they send it, they get paid. They sell a lot of, of oil, a lot of gas, a lot of fuel, a lot of energy. Germany, they don't have any source. You know, they can go to OPEC. They go to Russia. They made a deal with Russia. Russia's right there. Depend on us. We're good. We're Russia. You could always depend on Russia for your energy needs. So they have Nord Stream 1. That's a pipeline that gets the energy to Germany and to Europe. And that's what's going on. So now Nord Stream 2 is coming on. And, oh, wait a minute. It was stopped by Trump. President Trump stopped it. Of course. Because 
If you listen to the Democrats, him and Putin were buddies. And I guess he was just saying, come on, you can't be dependent. Just making your money by selling oil to the Germany. Lord Sheen one's enough. Lord Sheen two, you don't, you don't need it, Vladimir. You don't need it. It's for your own good. That's why he stopped it, right? No, no. He stopped it because they were making huge money. The Russians are making all this money on Nord Stream 2 and having this pipeline. And, and Trump said, no, we're negotiating here. So we're going to stop this pipeline until you agree on this, this, and this. And then boom, okay, we had an election. Trump was with it by miles and miles of it. All of a sudden, here's Biden. Here's Joey. <laughs> oh, my God, how did it happen? But it happened. And there we are. And now, now we have Russia, Putin. Yeah, Trump's buddy, Putin, who Trump pulled out, canceled the cancel culture. Now, there's a cancel culture we could live with. <laughs> he cancels Nord Stream 2. But Biden gives back. Hey, wait a minute, Putin. Right? Listen, let's get started on the right foot. I don't want you to think that I'm the same Joe Biden when I was vice president. Remember what Obama said after the election? You know, remember after the election, we could talk. I'll, I'll have more latitude. Yeah. I want to get on the right foot. I'm going to give you this Nord Stream 2 back. That's what he did. Now he's threatening, if you invade Ukraine, I'm going to take it away. I'm going to take away that pipeline. Yeah. And then what he kept on doing, putting troops, 50,000 troops on the Ukraine border, put in 100,000 troops, and then everybody we're off and go, well, cancel the pipeline. Let's do something. You know, you're going to sanction the guy? Sanction him. Do something. Give him a taste of it because he's putting 100,000 and 120,000 troops on the Ukrainian border. Do you think that's not intimidating, stressful? Do you think the Ukrainians are just going, Oh, hey, Putin is, he's right next door. That's so cool. Hey, let's go out and watch the soldiers play. Let's bring the kids. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think that Biden might have just done something to say, hey, okay, we're pulling Nord Stream 2 because you're intimidating these people. They got 100,000 troops because I don't think you should have waited until they got 100,000. But hey, that's just me. Do something to show the guy you're serious. But nope, no sanctions, no nothing. And what happens? Putin invades 150,000. I don't even know the numbers anymore. And they're going to run over the Ukraine who's got a comedian for a president. That's right. Their president, Zelensky, is a comedian. He's a TV comedian, singer, actor, dancer. Yeah, dancing with the stars in the Ukraine. He won it. And what was his prize? You become the president. That was it, man. So the guy is so cool. He's the best president ever. And what's going on? The Russians are coming in. They're invading. They're killing people. They're killing police. They're wrecking this country. 44-plus million people. And this is a country that... Just, it's a beautiful place. They got buildings and things that go back so far, you know, hundreds of years. I've been to that part of the world. 
I've been to Croatia and, and, and Serbia. It's beautiful. And they're just going in and destroying it and destroying the people's lives. They're killing people, and the people are not killing. They're making them homeless. I mean, we have homeless people here in L.A. and San Francisco. Why they're homeless, I have no idea. These poor Ukrainians, they work hard. They're honest, hardworking people. They love their country. They love their families. They haven't done anything that's wrong. You're not talking about crackheads. And Hey, wait, 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 wait. I spoke to some people today who did tell me that, one, Ukraine is a very corrupt country. They're very corrupt. You know what? I don't know any country that's not corrupt to some degree. My God, take a look around you. How many, we got 535 members of Congress. That's 100 senators, 435 congressmen. Now, I don't know how many of them were wealthy when they went in, but every damn one of them seems to be wealthy when they come out. So I submit to you that when it comes to corruption, I don't think that Ukraine has cornered the market, okay? Now, I don't know about that. I hear a lot of different things about what's going on up in that whole Ukraine thing. I, I hear that they had, the, the U and the United States had something like 13 clinics, like the same kind of clinics, like Wuhan kind of things. And Putin was really pissed about that because he didn't want to see Wuhan viruses coming out of the Ukraine. I don't know. I mean, I'm serious. this is serious stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making this up. But here we are, and we see what's going on. We see what Putin's doing. And it's a little bit too little too late that Biden comes in. He waits to after they come in, to after they invade, fully invade, not just put the tip in. They went all the way, baby. And they're destroying the place. So then he comes in, and, of course, he gave them some arms. And here's Zelensky going, we need more. Hey, how about a no-fly zone? A no-fly zone, meaning that the United States says no country can fly over Ukrainian airspace, which, of course, would mean that the Russians couldn't bring their bombers, their jets, their helicopters or anything else to bomb and invade, kill and destroy Ukrainian people, property, and everything. So I understand what Zelensky saying. He's asking, he's saying, please, okay? And you didn't get the freaking tank bombs. You didn't get anything. Now you want a no-fly zone? You got big balls, buddy. And he does. And you got to hand it to him. He's got some big cojones, boy. He is one studly dude getting out there, inspiring not just his people, the whole world, which brings me back again. John Kerry's got a problem. I've got a problem. And here's the problem. We're watching what's going on. The whole world is watching a country, Russia. And you know what? I know Russia's a, a bad actor, quote unquote. Oh, at least Putin's a bad actor. The whole country, I don't know. But the whole freaking country's invading. They're guilty by association. It's Putin. I know it's Putin. But it's the whole country, too because they're following. You know, it's like when I was in school and I'd get in trouble and I'd say, he did it. And the teacher would say, if he jumped off the Empire State Building, would you go off the Empire State Building? It's the same thing. So it's the whole country. And there's Putin going in, 
destroying people's lives in this country of Ukraine. You want to call it corrupt, you want to call it nice, beautiful, whatever you want to call it. It's a country that never fired a shot, never did anything to provoke the Russians, but Putin wants to put the Soviet Union back together again. Well, you know what? Maybe he just didn't grow up with the nursery rhymes. Yeah, remember the one? Humpty Dumpty? Yeah, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Humpty Dumpty together again. Somebody should have told that to Putin when he was a little kid. But nope, he's going to put Humpty Dumpty and the Soviet Union together again. But to do that, he goes in and he's going to destroy. It makes no sense. I know it makes no sense. And that's the dilemma. Here we are watching. Now, you know, you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. And we are watching the same thing that happened, 1937, 1938, 39. Germany going in and invading Poland. Neville Chamberlain, who was the prime minister of Great Britain. That's all of England. He came in and he met with Hitler and said, hey, what are you doing? Come on, man. Adolf, stop it already. Adolf said, I'm doing nothing. I'm I'm, I'm just doing what's good for Germany. We're going to build Germany. We're not going to bother you. We're not going to. Okay. So Neville Chamberlain goes back and tells him, all the Englishmen over there. It's a fine thing. I met with the man. He's fine. It's not a problem. Okay. Well, there you go. So what happened? What happened? Germany came in. Poland, Netherlands, pretty soon the whole, we're World War II, boom! And how many millions of people died? The number I always knew was pretty close to 500,000 American servicemen and women, mostly servicemen at that time, but there were women too. And almost 500,000 in less than four years. Remember, we went in December 7th, 1941. It was over in August of 45. And so... Almost a half a million killed. How many families were devastated? When you go with the factor of all of Europe, millions. Hitler killed 12 million people in concentration camps. That doesn't count the people on the battlefield, so it can be wrong. But Stalin, who was our partner against Germany. Remember, let's just go back to understand the sequence of things. This war is going on. We're out of it. We're not getting involved. And boom, Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. Almost 2,400 Americans are killed on a Sunday morning. But no warning, no, 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 boom. And the next thing we know, we declare war on Japan. And because Germany is partners with Japan, they declare war on us. So here we are. We're in the middle of this war. And of course, the war, the Germans are fighting the Russians. So we're partners. And Stalin and FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, they're the partners in the war with Winston Churchill, who was then the prime minister of England. So this is what happened. We look back, 35 million people. You know what that number is? That's how many people Stalin killed of his own people, the Russian people. That's how many, 35 million. Now, where do I get that number from? Those are numbers. 12 million, 12 million that, I always say this, I always say, you know, compared 
to Stalin and Hitler was a Boy Scout. 12 million people, Stalin, 35 million people. But there were hundreds of million people. People starved to death. Europe was devastated. These world wars, you're talking about global decimation. That's what it is. Things happen, they spiral out of control. That's how they say it. They spiral out of control, and they do. We don't want to be in a world war. So here we are, and we're just watching the same thing. This is what happened. How do you account for someone like Hitler being able to lead this whole country of Germany? Germany, by the way, 87 million people. Germany, this is one of the most sane countries on the planet. Germany, your engineers, Mercedes, Benz, BMWs, Germany invents things, creates things. This is Germany leads the world into World War II, responsible for the death of millions and millions of people. I don't know, Wikipedia, look it up. And, and now we got Putin. Putin is today's Hitler. That's, and, and there, you don't want to use that word. I know, I know. Every time you use the word, the, the, you know, Holocaust, Hitler, it's almost like saying, oh, you, you racist. These words get so thrown around, so used. But when you take a look, at Adolf Putin, no, it's Vladimir Putin, Adolf Putin. When you take a look at what he's doing, it's the same damn thing. It ain't much different. And we should be able to look back and, and see that. And people do. They talk about it. They see it. But then what do they do about it? They're just letting this guy go in there. Now, thank God, and amazingly, the Ukrainian people are holding them off. They're holding them off. It's like... Hanukkah, the oil was supposed to last. They didn't have enough. When they took back the temple, they went in to turn on the eternal light, which us Jews have to have in the temple, this eternal light that always has to stay lit. And we go back in the temple, there was only oil enough for one day. And so they had to go out. The Maccabees had to go out and find the oil so they could keep the lamp lit. And they went out and the lamp stayed lit. The oil lasted for eight days. Amazingly, that's what's going on now in the Ukraine. It's not going to last forever unless there's some reinforcements, unless we do something to help these Ukrainian people, unless they get something of what, they, what they're asking for. I don't know how they're going to continue. It's amazing. It's really a real-life miracle. When we get through this, our great-grandchildren are going to be having a holiday in February or March. Every year, there's going to be a Ukrainian day that the world's going to celebrate with a dinner and a whatever if they get through this, because this is amazing. This, this Russian army, legendary Russian army, is coming in and taking over and devastating the Ukraine for Putin because Putin wants it back on his trophy shelf. He wants to you know, get that Soviet Union back together. It should never have fallen apart. That was the worst thing that ever happened to Putin in the 20th century. So it's unacceptable. So he's going to destroy whoever he's got to. In Ukraine, that, that's what's on the agenda today. That's today's menu. What about Poland, Romania, Czechoslovakia, Estonia, Madrovi? Do you think he's going to stop when he's successful in the Ukraine? He's not going to stop. He wants the whole ball of wax. This is a big global thing. So I look at this thing and I look at it and I go, wait a minute. 
I got a dilemma. I need to make a decision. Yeah, me. And by the way, each and every one of you, if you have an opinion, if your opinion counts like you vote, you don't have to vote. If you want to count, vote. Have an opinion. Look at this. This is our world. We're seeing what's going on. If we had a real leader, if we had somebody strong, they would have sanctioned Russia up the ass by now. Yeah, they would have sanctioned them from Moscow to Siberia. They would have sanctioned every part of them. Every inch of Russia would be sanctioned. There'd be big S streets everywhere, sanctioned. But nope, Biden ain't sanctioned them. Biden's speech, by the way, well, I, I told you it was hateful. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. I'm just going to tell you. When he said that all oh, these Ukrainian people, Russia may come in and may beat them, but they're never going to take their hearts and souls. Well, yeah, who is he? Who is Biden? Biden didn't sanction Russia to keep them out. He didn't send them all the ammunition, all the weapons that they need. What has he done? Yeah, he's sanctioning them now. A day late and a dollar short. But he, and he couldn't even get the whole SWIFT banking system to sanction them with. I mean, my God, it's lucky that Germany stepped up and said, hey, we're going to stop Nord Stream 2. And then all these other companies have stepped up. All these companies said, we're not doing business with Russia. We're not building our cars there. Ford, Harley Davidson, everybody. The whole world independently. This wasn't a nation doing it. You know who was this? Zelensky. Zelensky inspired the world. One man. One man. Now, with a great country behind him, don't get me wrong, but he's the leader. Who's the leader of the gang that's made for you and me? Hey, that's the guy. Yeah, he's an actor, he's a comedian, he's a singer and a dancer. And he's a hell of a president. And he has inspired the world, the whole world is inspired by this guy and his people standing in front of the tanks, laying down in front of all the other vehicles so they can't right, right in front of them Russians. But they're paying the price. They're suffering. They're dying. Now, the numbers that I've gotten, by the way, is about 700 civilians have been killed. But at the same time, what the Russians are even saying is that about 500 Russian soldiers were killed and 1,500 wounded. Now, Putin has exposed himself because this big, bad army has come in. And I'm not taking anything away from what you, the Ukrainians have done. Oh, my God. This is what they've done by, but with their resistance, standing up to what the Russians are trying to do, has exposed the Russians for what they are. Oh, that they didn't resist. Oh, sure, the Russians would have just rolled right in. But they did. And as soon as they put up a little bit of resistance, the Russians have fallen apart. Their logistics has shown that the poor planning doesn't make any sense. They haven't been able to get through what they should have done in a day. Okay, two days, a whole week later, and they're still not done. Hey, they're plenty destructive. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Putin is he's embarrassed, and he should be. Russia's embarrassed. You know who's going to win this war? The people of Ukraine, the people of Russia. People of Russia are going to get just sick and tired of what Putin's doing. When they did sanction the oligarchs, that's 
the rich, the billionaire Russians. And there's a lot of them, a lot of them. These guys are like, oh, come on, enough of this crap. I can't take my plane. I can't get that. Your HBO subscription is done. This is having an effect. This is doing something. Imagine if Biden had done this early on, before they went in and killed all these civilians. And a million Ukrainians have left the Ukraine. A million women, children, their sons and husbands stayed back. And they're going to fight this war. But women and children have left a million. They've gone to Poland and Hungary, wherever they go, displaced people, their lives. Imagine what that's like. You leave everything behind, everything in your house. You don't take all your furniture, the pictures of your wedding and your bar mitzvah, and you put it in the thing, you take it with you to the next house. No, you just go. You're a refugee in the middle of a cold winter. That's what's going on. Well, am I going to blame it on Biden? You know what? I don't want to pick on the poor guy. Biden is, is hapless and hopeless and helpless. And why did they pick him? Uh, whatever. They picked him. He listened. I guess he listened good. Stay in the basement, Joey. Just shut up and stay in the basement. I didn't mean to say shut up, Joe. You know what I'm saying. Come on. Just go along. Yeah, we'll get you in there. Don't worry about a thing. But you know, he can't do anything. Look at Zelensky. Look at him. Look at the leader. And look at him. You know, I haven't even brought up Trump. I don't need to. Take a look at this the Zelensky kid. What? My God. There you go. With Biden? Nope. But now, here's the dilemma. Let's think about this. Here's the dilemma. So, Putin says, you guys are pissing me off. And if you think that you're going to do anything that's going to get me angry, I'm telling you right now, you know what I did? I just put my nuclear forces on high alert. Yeah, I did that. I put them on high alert. And guess what? You know what that means? I'm not going to say. If I got to spell it out for you, I'm not going to do that. But I'm telling you right now, I put my nuclear forces on high alert. So... When Zelensky says to Biden, please, give us a, a no-fly zone, Biden says, wait a minute. If we put American planes or NATO planes, if we put them up there and we have to take on some Russian jets and we go head-to-head, we're going to piss off Putin. You guys, yeah, you've killed 500 of their soldiers and wounded 50, probably more than that. That's what they're admitting to. It's probably a lot more than that. And that's okay. If we shoot that one play, we're going to be in trouble. Oh, my, come on, please. Don't put me in that position. You know, I can't. I just messed up Afghanistan. 20 years. 20 years. And for the last 18 months, almost two years, we didn't lose anybody. I lost 13. 13 young people. Beautiful American military, Marines, Navy. I can't do this again. Don't put me in this position. Well, you know what? Here we are. We, you and me, we have to have an opinion on this. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to come in here and tell you that General Custer. We're going to come in there and 
we're going we're gonna to kick their ass. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's serious. Are we going to allow the 21st century Hitler, Vladimir Putin, to do the same thing that Hitler did and Germany did? Yeah. Are we going to allow that? And we're watching it. It's like watching a movie that they get to do a do-over. You get to look at the past. This time, you could go back to the past and fix it because you saw it. You know what happened. Imagine that. This is what that is. This is what that is. What, 75, 80 years later, the same thing is going on? Almost verbatim. Now, are we going to learn from the past? Are we going to stop it? Because if we put up a no-fly zone, i got to tell you, what's wrong with listening to, to Zelensky? The whole world's inspired by the guy. You're not going to listen to him? The guy is, he's, he's created a miracle. He's created a freaking miracle. Yeah, he has. Like I said, he's, he's the next other guy. By the way, he's a Jew. That's right. Yeah, Zelensky, this incredible, incredible leader. Is it Jew? No, it's not Moses Zelensky. It's like Vladimir. And what does he say? He says, just give me a no-fly zone. Help me out here. Give me some more stingers. Give me a little ammunition. Give me some weapons. Do something. Now, I know that they're talking about flying some jets, some MiG-29s, getting them to the Ukraine from Poland. And... I think it's Stoltenberg, who's the Secretary General of NATO, is saying, no, don't do that. Don't do that. We're going to piss off Putin. You don't want to piss off Putin, man. Don't poke that bear. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's going on over there. And we can't sit back. We can. We can just sit back and say, oh, okay, let's see how this cookie crumbles. <laughs> Hey, yeah, let's see how the bop flops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, well, this is a big one. <laughs> well, we can voice our opinions. First, we have to have an opinion. What is our opinion? How do you feel about it? How do I feel about it? My instincts? Get that no-fly zone up there. Is he going to blow off a, a nuclear missile? Well, you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen if we do nothing. Because he's going from Ukraine into Poland into... Like I said, Romania, Czechoslovakia, Estonia. I mean, he's going. If he gets away with this, he's going all the way. Why would he stop? First place, he lost face coming in here. He didn't know his generals were a bunch of just keystone generals. He didn't know. He didn't know they were going to mess. He, I'll bet you he's straight nets right now. Okay, before we go into Poland, straighten this out. You'll get these troops where we... I mean, Vladimir Putin, you do not mess with this guy. He's been embarrassed. He's going to make up for it if we let him. That's my opinion. We have the most powerful nation on earth. We want to stop China from taking over Taiwan and the rest of the world. We want to say, listen, whatever happened in Afghanistan, that was not the America. We messed up. Whatever happened, okay, listen, we have a chance right now. Step up. And that's what I would do. And what brought me to that? 
just sit there talking to you, doing Roll Right Radio, doing my podcast, talking it out, going through it, thinking it through. That's what we do. There's no guarantees in this life. You look back on history. You look at what happened from doing nothing. You look at what happened by following the Neville Chamberlains. We finally followed Winston Churchill. And thank God we did. And trust me, it was Winston Churchill. Yeah, FDR was there, but it was Winston Churchill. If it wasn't for him, Stalin would have taken over everything. We got a Zelensky. We got someone to look up to. Maybe Joe Biden will look up to him, but maybe not. Maybe it's you and I that need to write our members of Congress, call, write, do what we need to do. Don't wait for the vote in November. Yeah, I think we know where that's going. At least I can't believe it would go any other way. But right now, in this time slot, you don't want to look back in a year or two and say, eh, I just hung around and see what happened. You know what? If you're able to say, hey, I made a phone call. I called my congressman. I sent the letter. I sent an email. I sent the do something. Because you'll feel good about it later on. And if you're wrong, so what? Do something. Even if it's wrong, do something. Because if you do nothing, you're definitely wrong. You're always wrong. If you do something, 50-50, baby. Listen, think about it. You think about it. I think it's time that the United States stepped up. I think it's time that we stepped up, that we stepped in, and we look Putin in the face. We say, you've been humiliated. You know, we love our freedom. The people of Ukraine, we share that with them. Let's stand up with them. Let's change the world right now. Let's put our values on display. Let's let everyone know how important freedom is. That crazy little word, that word, it's, it's four letters that mean so much. No, not the F word. Well, it is the F word. Look at that. The F word. I think it's fair to say. The most used word in the English language today is the F word. Yeah, fire truck. <laughs> it is every other word out of everyone's mouth. I, uh, I got to tell you a quick story. I came to New York since 1968, and I'm, I'm sitting in my business at Kennedy Airport. I get a car, I get a phone, put it as a gal that works at the thing, and I, I, I ask around on the date. She was a cool chick, crazy-looking chick. And, uh, yeah, she had this real crew cut, kind of a haircut, you know, and wow. And I take her out, and this is 1968. And we go to eat in this diner across the street, across from on Queens Boulevard. And the guys in the in the booth next to us, kind of rowdy. Don't get me wrong. I was just up from South Carolina. I've been in South Carolina. It's in the military. Went to the University of South Carolina. I've been away from New York for, what, seven, eight years. I'm on this date, this little, you know, deli on Queens Boulevard. And the guy in the next booth, the guy, there's like three or four of them. And they're just going out. And they go, hey, fuck this. Hey, fuck. And I'm going, oh, I'm sitting there with a date, right? Yeah, I'm 24 years old. I got to impress I said, hey, guys, watch your language, will you? I got a, I'm with a girl over here. <laughs> you know, I, I remember that. How many times have you been in the movie theater? Back in the day. 
and then somebody says something, you're with your wife or your girlfriend, or you got your kids with you, and you just, you got to say something, right? So I said something. This girl thought I was an idiot. She said, the fuck did you just do? But that's the most used, the F word. Yeah, yeah, four-letter word. No, F-R-E-E. -E. That's the one. That's the four-letter F word that we should all be using. Free. Free. People, get free. Be free. Be free. And it, there's a price. It ain't cheap. Freedom isn't free. Okay? You got to fight for it and step up for it. Well, how many Americans have died for it? We died in Afghanistan and, and Iraq. We died in Germany. We, my God, we fight for it. We fight for it. I always remember when I talk about Crazy Horse. They said to Crazy Horse when they captured him, you know, and they, they took over the Sioux and they go, okay, where are your lands now, Crazy Horse? And Crazy Horse is pointing and he points and he says, my land is where my dead lie buried. Well, let me tell you something. It's not the land that makes America. It's the freedom, the idea. Our dead lie buried all over the world and freedom. Freedom is what they died for. So here we have a threat that we could see. The 21st century Hitler, Vladimir Putin, and we have a chance to stop him dead in his tracks because he went and invaded Ukraine and the Ukrainians have stepped up and their leader has stepped up. And it's time that we follow our instinct that we see the writing on the world. You talk about the shining city on the hill. That's America. That's who we are. Well, let me tell you something. There's a beam up there, and it's the shining beam over the Ukraine. That beam is Zelensky, and he's asking for us to make sure there's a no-fly zone so he can beat back Putin and the Russians. I say we do it. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. And I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio Podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.